Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, we have Ruben Rojas on the show. He is an artist, a muralist, a designer, a podcast host, overall creative and very inspirational person. And today, we're going to talk about love, dating, relationships, marriage, personal growth, all the fun things. Ruben, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. I've seen your murals all around town, but to be honest, I, I never knew who did them until my friend Jason went on your podcast. And I was like, oh, there he is. And I've seen your artwork in our friend's homes. And I just, I love how the message is so simple. Mm -hmm. The good stuff is always very simple, isn't it? But it takes a lot of work to distill it down to its simplicity. Absolutely. Because a lot of people are like, of course, yeah, I live through love. But to embody that is, I think, a life long process. I'm, I'm actually struggling with it right now. <laughs> I mean, it's a challenge for me every single day too. <laughs> All right. So can we start talking about your lovely family and your wife? So I insta-stalked you. Your family, can we get some photos up here? Looks like, I used to work at a talent agency in New York. You guys look like you were handpicked to be in a catalog. Do people tell you that? Sometimes. Or do you know that? Sometimes. I always wonder if people know that. Like this <clears throat> looks like Gap, AT&T, such a beautiful family. And their boy's name is Remy. Mm -hmm. He just turned one. And their dog's name is Tuesday. And they're so stylish. It's like one of those couples I feel like, get the fuck out of here. Like, is this real <laughs> who, life? who are you guys? And, but it's like an effortless, effortless swag. Like, I'm very sensitive to like when it's trying too hard. Mm -hmm. Or you guys, it's just, it's effortless. I'm like, I want to be friends with these people. <laughs> well, here we are. Here we are. So we're going to talk about it. But first, can we rewind to when you were single and dating? Because women, we love to hear about this. They love to hear about men, especially their experience. Because we like to assume that it's really difficult for us being a modern woman dating. And I've talked to many men that they have challenges as well. So when you were single and dating growing up, what kind of person were you? Were you the long-term relationship kind of guy hopping from relationship to relationship do you have any specific patterns good question i think i go through phases okay so it depended on my phase in my life and okay. you know you date you figure things out you have a lot of fun yeah. you find someone you're like oh let's see how this can go and honestly typically whenever it was something that kind of started going the distance it was basically about a year. At the year mark, I knew we either, I left or they left, or it was just a, this isn't going the distance. Because okay. to me, relationships and dating is about, are we going to be able to go the distance? And the minute I felt that it wasn't going that way, or they felt it, you know, I'm like, not that it didn't hurt any less, right? Breaking up does hurt regardless. But if you really start thinking about it and looking at it back now, it's like, that was the best thing for us, mutually. Got it. So what would come up around the one-year mark where you would kind of feel like this isn't going anywhere? A variety of things. Um, easy things were like they went off to school somewhere. I'm like, I ain't doing long distance. Done. Okay. Um, or you grow apart or you just realize like we're only in this relationship for one thing and okay. that one thing isn't enough to make a relationship. Okay. So it wasn't like one specific thing. There was just a bunch of different things. Was it ever, like, too much intimacy for you? Like, no, it wasn't no. that. It was just depending on the person. And would you say you were picky when you were dating? 
I mean, I would say I was, but then some people may say I wasn't. I think defining picky to, for your own sense is really what it comes down to. I think the older we get, the pickier we are. The you, clearer yes. we are on what we want. Yes. And I'm so glad I'm not single now because I'd just be even more picky now. And I see some of my friends that are in their 40s and going to 50 and like their, their narrow window, whether it's a he or a she, is this small. And if you try to thread that needle, yeah. that gets tough. Absolutely. I guess when I say picky, I mean where it's like working against you. Like, like do those things, you have your core values, but then it's like, do these things really matter? Like, are you willing to let this imperfection slide? Like this part of this person? I would say probably in my youth, it was more superficial and, and that Most would be us. the thing. So yeah. like, are we going to let this slide because they look like this? You know, and, and a lot of cases we do yes, because then we're validated by our partner on our arm. But that has nothing to do with them. That's our, our thing. Of That's course. a self-worth, self-love thing. Absolutely. So working through that is how you're going to work things out as well. So you seem like a pretty self-aware person. You Sometimes. Do, <laughs> Sometimes. We try. I assume you've done a lot of personal growth. Okay, so what are some of the things that you've done? Like Tony Robbins, therapy, books? I know who Tony Robbins is. No, I've done, I did something called uh, MITT, Master in Transformational Training. Okay. Besides that, there's always been this aura of something inside of me around emotional intelligence before it became such a thing. Okay. And what I realized after going in and doing the work, I went back and looked at my blogs and my writing and my, I'm like, I was that. Why did I go away from that? Mm. It's because I allowed the world to define who I should be and what I should be. And I wasn't allowed to be the sensitive, emotional, self-aware, positive type person, which was kind of weird to think that I wasn't allowed to be. And now it's like, no, you want to be that person. Yeah. Which is how we should have always been. Absolutely. So do you mean like growing up in your household, it wasn't really encouraged and fostered? No. I mean, in my house... Like we had a lot of affection, so my parents gave us affection, and okay. it wasn't anything around that. I just think a lot of the conversations were me, mine, and my own, so it didn't matter, you know, to me. It's like it wasn't that I wasn't shown love, but I still had to love myself. And now I believe because I have a son now, it's like I can't teach him how to love himself. I have to show him how I love myself for him to see how he loves himself. So maybe growing up, I saw more sacrificial examples of love. Are your parents immigrants? Yeah. Okay. So did they kind of have a more traditional immigrant mentality growing up in terms of work and marriage? Probably. I mean, they both immigrated here. They met here separately. And my mom came younger. My dad came older. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, it was like, go to school, go get the good job, go. I mean, I was going to be a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, doctor real estate and fine. You're in finance. You're a finance bro. Did you wear a suit? I did. Suit and tie every day. That's crazy. I like that because you seem. Would you say you're a balanced person? Pretty balanced. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because to be able to do that and then become an artist the way that you are, that's a, that's like good all around skill to have. Mm -hmm. This is not related to dating specifically, but I think it's really important to talk about these transitions because they are very difficult and coming out of the pandemic I feel like a lot of things have been shaken up and a lot of people have been going through transition including myself so when you 
left finance and decided you want to be a full-time artist. What are the, some of the emotions that came with that and what pushed you to be like, I'm going to do this, to have the clarity of I'm going to do this and being confident about it? No, great question. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of self-doubt. And what is this going to look like? Yeah. Like, I know what finance looked like. You make the phone calls. You do the dials. You make the appointments. You sell them the thing. They move on, and you get more and more clients. And then you service the clients, and you build a book of business. Like, there is a formula that's been tried and true. And it's a great business. I'm not saying it was a bad business. It wasn't for me. And for a variety of reasons. But also, I've always been an artist. So it wasn't like I, oh, just found my artist self. As a kid, we did painting and art classes and drawing on books. I used to do the book covers in school. So it was more like, why was I doing everything in my power to not be who I was supposed to be? That's, you know, that's truly what I was trying to answer. Okay. And some of the, the, the conversations were like, well, I've always been self-employed. I've always been in commission-based businesses. So why wouldn't I be able to succeed at this also? So I kind of had to convince myself that you've jumped off hundreds of cliffs and figured it out. So do it again. My now wife also encouraged it and a lot of my clients encouraged it because I was doing it in the middle of doing finance for a couple of years. And they're like, you need to be doing this. We'll be fine. Right? Like, go be happy. And ultimately, what I foreshadowed and foresaw was, okay, I'll make millions of dollars. But I'll be at home a miserable a-hole. And my, I'll probably be divorced. And my kids may resent me. And I'm like, well, I gave you all this money. But if I'm showing up as an angry a-hole, what do they care what, how much money I gave them or didn't give them? Like, they want their dad there Absolutely. to also be happy. And how are they going to be able to grow up and know what the right way of being is if I'm not being the right way of being? And that's where I'm like, sacrificing for love there's many sacrifices you make, but not, you shouldn't be a martyr or a victim or listen to what the world thinks you should be. So those were the conversations. Would you consider yourself pretty spiritual? Yeah. Yeah? Since a kid? We were raised Christian. I went to Christian school my whole life. I am not like diehard religious or anything. There's a lot of beautiful parts of religion and all the religions out there. Mm-hmm. But I also think spirituality is different. You can have faith and you can have spirituality, and I think they go hand in hand. What are some things you do currently to tap into that? Because, you know, I get everything you're saying, like that feeling and the clarity and the knowing, but sometimes people can be so lost or like cerebral. That's me currently. <laughs> About like, what should I do? And balancing the income coming in with my skills, but also following my heart, which I actually found easier in my 20s. I was less hard on myself. Like building my photography business was easy. I loved it. And I knew like where I wanted to go with this. I, I'm not sure if it's with age or whatever, but I, there's more self-doubt. And I'm like, do I need to meditate more? I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> what will speed me up? <laughs> the, the common denominator, I think, just by having conversations and doing this is, and you brought up, is it age? And I know as I get older, I am more in tune to more, my mortality. Even physically, like I used to go snowboarding all the time. I used to do all the crazy things. Now I'm like, I can't go put myself in a position where I may get injured, not bounce back as quick. I know we're all going to die. And the older we get, the less time we have on the other side. And we start realizing that. So I think that obviously speaks into a lot of this. When in our 20s, we're invincible. 
We're superheroes. Nothing can go wrong, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And I do think about that. Like, what's actually important to me? I think about my family more, my parents more. When I was younger, I didn't care to work with them or be, you know, to visit them often. But now I'm, I'm so drawn to visiting them up in the Bay Area. And the why. The why are you doing what you're doing? And you, I have heard you talk about that. It needs to be bigger than yourself. Otherwise, it's lonely. That is 1,000% true, Mm -hmm. right? So do you ever still feel lonely with your work, or do you feel pretty connected? Oh, no, I always feel lonely. Funny, I talk to different friends, and I'm like, you know, what we do, like one of my buddies is a big podcaster, and we were just having this convo, and I'm like, it gets lonely. Like, it doesn't matter how many people you interview, how many people you meet, how many things. What we're doing can be lonely. It's because we have this vision and this mission to to see to fruition. Absolutely. I guess that comes with it. But I, yeah, I, maybe I'm just too hard on myself. I'm like, why do I don't, I don't feel like fully connected right now. I'm like, I think that's the key, but I'm not really sure the steps to take. I'm also learning patience too. You know, life ebbs and flows. It's not great all the time, but as long as you just keep going, mm-hmm. like everyone's just trying, right? We're like trying to do our best. So I was like, just keep going, mm-hmm. keep learning, stay curious. I want to ask you more about dating. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. So where were you at when you met your wife? We were working in finance. Were you happy? Were you going to Vegas every weekend? Where, where were I did you? a lot of Vegas. That was in my 20s. That was way before her. Um, those were great times. Now, very hard to get me out there. Uh, at that time, I had been single for a year. I was living in Santa Monica. I had a buddy that just ended up becoming a roommate because that wasn't the intention. But, you know, he's like, I need a place. You have a big place. Like, okay, cool. A little money will help. And after a year, he's like, dude, you just, you need to get out there. I just didn't care. It was like, look, I need to figure me out. I am, this is like the year and a half, two years of painting murals, still doing finance. And like, what does this look like? And how do I get out of this and become this? So part of that was this other thing. So he threw me on Bumble, you know, and I, and I had gone out. I met a few people, but it wasn't. I wasn't dating. I'm like, we're not going past like having a good time, and uh, matched with a bunch of people. Did you like the app? No, it was just it was just the thing to do. I'm like, eh, it's a thing to do. You know, it's like when people say, "I'm not getting on TikTok." Well, why not? I'm not getting on Facebook. Why not? Like everyone's on these things now. It's and it's free. TikTok's an amazing platform if you want to get put yourself out there. I had resistance at first, but I'm like, if this is free for me to get my content out, why would I not? Same with dating, right? All of Just, it. It's another method of meeting people. Mm-hmm. So I got on there, met some people, a lot of shallow combos. How tall are you? What do you do? What? I'm like, all these questions you're asking, I could lie to you. No, and I would always answer, I'm tall enough. Trust me. Like, no, but how tall are you? Like, uh, what do you make? I'm like, so that's it. I would not continue these conversations. They would ask you what you make? Oh, yeah, all the things. What do you do? What do you make? How tall are you? Like, they're really going all in. I'm like, does any of that really matter? It does, but you're never going to get to know a person. Right. I'm like, trust me, I'd do fine. <laughs> uh, and then later they'd come back, well, so are you going to ask me out? I'm like, No. <laughs> Your questions are dumb. A lot of people do not ask good questions. I, actually, I had to learn how to ask good questions. So this but, is interesting hearing from a guy that 
what's out there, what you experience on the app. So I didn't go on any of those dates. And then I matched with Z, my okay. wife. Her friend threw her on the app too. Okay. She matched with like three other people. One happened to be a really good friend of mine. Oh, funny. <laughs> One happened to be another buddy that became our friend. Oh, nice. Mutually. So it was really funny. And then, uh, so we started chatting. And she was just like, yeah, I haven't been dating for a year. And I'm like, oh, well, what's the biggest lesson you learned in your year of not dating? And then it took a minute, but then she wrote back this whole thing. And then that kind of led further and it got late. She's like, I'm getting sleepy. Let's just go get a coffee. So then we set up a coffee date and it was like two and a half hours long. She took her cup and just like from her nerves, just made origami. I had to pee the entire time. I was just holding it, but I'm like, <laughs> I can't leave. We're having this convo. Um, and then that was it. Two and a half hours later, it was at Coffee Commissary on Fairfax. Uh, we had a follow-up date and it just kept going from there. And At the time, were you open to a long-term relationship? I wasn't not open to anything. You were just... I had no plan. Okay. I think... Again, what I said before, like you're trying to thread the needle, mm -hmm. you're going to put yourself in a very small hole and you're going to try to check off a lot of boxes. Yeah. I didn't have any plans. I didn't even think we'd like, oh, I'm going to have a girlfriend or, oh, this is going to lead to... I've never lived with a girl prior to my wife. That's an adjustment. You learn a lot during that process. Yeah. Well, yeah, but also it's like no one ever made it to the point that I'm going to go live with you. Okay. So what about her in her response in that Bumble or text thread made you go further well we weren't talking about well, how tall are you what do you make it was like what did you learn oh this is what oh cool and we kept going okay. but then she got tired so she asked me to coffee then we continued over coffee got it did you ever have a preference of like women asking you out versus you asking them out I, you know i think i've been a little spoiled so <laughs> A long time ago, I go out with my two other buddies. It's like the three of us that always went out. Good-looking guys. Um, but they would, like, hit the dance floor like dogs in heat, I would call it. I'm like, yo, we're, like, going out to get drinks. And I wasn't that guy. I was never – and I have another buddy, and he's the opener, and I'm, like, the closer. Like, I was never the let me rush and go have this conversation and get things going. But many times I'd be the guy at the bar just chilling and then someone would, a girl would come buy me a drink. I'm like, oh, this is nice. Okay. And then these conversations would happen that way. So could I say I was spoiled or lucky or whatever? I mean, yeah, but I never really had to go. It came to it you It just kind of came. Okay. I think it's only because I was really just being, just being. I'm sure your energy is just present, but you are a very, if you're watching the video version, you are a very handsome guy too. Thank you. <laughs> did you ever approach women though? I did on occasion. Did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's like it was, maybe it was half and half. Okay. So when your wife pulled up on your first date, what was your first impression of her? I, don't, I didn't think about it really. I mean. How did you feel? When you saw her walk up, I, I mean, she looked like her photo. I guess is, that's is the it. First thing. <laughs> Not you look like your photo. Yeah, that's what you felt. I, I, I again, I didn't want to judge anything. Okay. And she pulled up in her motorcycle, so she was in motorcycle gear, and like her hair was like, she's and she did that on purpose. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't think anything. To me, it was more the conversation and where that went. And like, oh, let's do this again. 
Okay, so how did you feel as the conversation was unfolding? I don't know, like by date three, I'm like, this is the one. By date three, you knew. And she knew too. I think we said, I love you, like a few weeks in. Was there anything specific or was it just like a feeling like you knew? You know, because I used to ask friends that got married way before me and all. I'm like, so how do you know? How do you know it's the one? How and she's like, there was just a feeling. There yeah. was just a feeling. I know. It's so true. It's I, I think it's so annoying when people say that, when you haven't experienced it yet. Like, what does that mean? But it's when you know, you know. I, I try to describe when I first saw my husband as very calm and he kind of felt like home. Mm-hmm. To me, that was the difference versus some other guys that maybe I was really attracted to. But there was like a lot of butterflies. Like I was really interested in him, but there was something very calm about it mm-hmm. that I liked. And I always think that's a good sign when the underlying feeling, your nervous system is calm. For long term, I think that's a better thing than the, you know, the roller coaster thing. Short term flings, Vegas. Lust. Cool. Yeah, lust is completely different. Between the two of you, would you say who's the more grounded one and who's the more like bleh? I'm definitely the more grounded one when it comes. It's also my background with finance and this and that. She's also very free-spirited and very much an artist as well. But we could bounce around. Uh, It depends on the context, though. Like Uh, our future and finance and retirement and all that. I'm, I'm the foundation. Taxes? Yeah. (laughs) That took a while for us to figure out. I remember I assumed my husband would do it because he's a CFO. I'm like, you're the numbers guy. Why aren't you doing But I'm like learning communication. But I told you, I was in finance for 10 years, but I'm not going to go do spreadsheets. Like, (laughs) no, I I have PTSD from this. Absolutely. And I totally get it. He's like, I'm at the office doing this all day. And I've learned communication, especially with men. Like, my husband, I have to be literal when I want something because I made the mistake of assuming like he should know, like these are the roles. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And then when you move in together, how was that? Was it an easy transition mm-hmm. for you guys? Yeah, she kind of just moved in. What about like decor and stuff? Is she laid back that she was fine? Like, oh, it looks great in here. At first. At first. At and first. then. But no, I mean, our tastes are very similar. That's good. Um, at the beginning, she held on to her place for a really long time. Oh, she did. By she her, just rented her, it out. Even her. though she wasn't there, she would just rent it out just nope. in case. That was her choice, just in case. And then how like, long? You do whatever you need to do. That's fine with me. Okay. Did, that, did you care? You do you. Mm-hmm. You guys seem like you're pretty independent. That's good. Pete and I are pretty independent too. I like that. That's an important part of my relationship. Like, if I go to an event and I have to cater to you and not be able, like, oh, yeah, that's not gonna last. I oh, just yeah. can't. Yeah, same. Like, the clingy people or people who can't be independent, mm. I'm so I like can't. repulsed by it. I like, can't. the neediness. I'm like, oh my God, like, I, I couldn't do it. And so, yeah, same with us, Pete. Maybe because we met each other, quote unquote, later on in life, like he was already 40 and he had his soccer and, you know, he's doing his thing. Freedom's really important to me as well. Mm -hmm. My self-identity, you know, you have your, you guys as a couple, your family, but there's still you, you know, and I really want to hang on to that. I think it's Yeah. And it doesn't mean you don't want your partner, need your partner. It's just like, there's certain things like we both have similarity. Like she loves working out. I love working out. We do not work out together. People are like, well, why don't you work out together? Why doesn't she work on your business? Why didn't I? 
she needs to do her and I need to do me. And, and we, there's all the things that we already do. We're creating a family. We travel together. We live together. Like, there's so, why do we need to do more things? I'll never understand couples that do ev like 24 7 the business. I'm like, oh, yeah. My parents, I saw it and, I, and that's why I don't do it. I'm like, I, I don't want that. That's, I like a little bit of separation mm -hmm. when you come back. Does she help you on your business at all? Or you guys work together on anything? Not really. I mean, a little bit. I mean, it's life. So after you had the kid, I we don't have kids, so I imagine that you learn a lot after you have a kid. So how did that change how you show up in the world? Like, did it change, you know, your purpose, who you do things for? No, I get asked that a lot in the sense of, you asked it personally. Most people ask me, how does that show up in your work? Is your work going to change? I'm like, no, it makes what I'm doing that much more important. I just, I get to keep doing it and showing up that way because I'm leaving this now behind for him. Before I was leaving it for anyone that's following us, but now I have a kid that's going to inherit the earth we leave behind. So mm -hmm. it's more important, but it's not that it's changed in any way. Did any fears come up from when you, one from when you got married, did any fears come up then? And then did any, do any new fears come up after having a kid? You know, I feel like once you're committed to X amount of levels, like to me, marriage, it's, it's a whole nother commitment. It's a whole nother putting it in front of everyone. But at this, then you could also say, well, this is like the next step to do certain things. So you can look at it both ways. But if you're already that committed to each other, you, I don't think you have to do all these things that the world tells you. You know, like some people are like, you guys are moving too fast. And Z's like, I was in a relationship before him for like eight years and nothing ever happened. Like, what's too fast? You know, someone's like, I just met, we got married, we're having a kid, we're three months into this thing. Why not? What's wrong with that? And some people are like, no, we need to be together six years before I have a kid and before, like, all these constraints, I think, these are all our conversation. If we stop realizing what the world wants us to do and just be it and just do it, like, so I didn't have any major fears except for like, this is now, I already thought it was forever, but now this is really forever. Mm -hmm. And it's more because of my business brain. It's like, oh, it's just more paperwork. <laughs> Got it. You know, but it was cool. The minute I said, like, I thought the coolest title was like, this is my wife. Yeah. And you know, and I'm husband. Yeah. So that's cool. But now it's like, this is uh, mother of Remy. I'm father of Remy. Like that's an even cooler title. After Remy was born, did any fears come up? Or actually, probably before he was born, did anything come up for you? I mean, there's all kinds of things. <laughs> Look at that face. There are all kinds of things that come up. Um, oh, I'm wearing this shirt. <laughs> he actually stained it, so I hope no that, one can see that. A little life. chocolate right there. That is life. <laughs> um, the question is, like, how? Like, we would talk, like, how are we going to do this? Because... You can't compare to how our parents raised us or their parents raised them. Every couple of years, it's a completely different world. It's a completely different economy. Like, I look back, like, how did my parents have two of us, cars, houses, private school, and all that? And I'm looking at that now, and I'm like, hmm. I make a good amount of money, and I feel like I don't have any of that. It's, I mean, today's different, though, right? Exactly. It's so hard, because so, back then, how much, like, to buy a house was, like, 20% of your income, and now it's, like, 70% or 90%. But uh, I think the fears are, like, like, how am I going to do this? Like, there's no instruction. I know we don't come with instructions, you know? I know we're all doing the best we can with the tools that we have, yeah. and... 
you know, the minute they showed me how to strap a man, like, you're off, and we left the hospital. I'm like, what? Yeah. what? Like, Z and I look at each other, like, they're letting us go with this thing? Gotta like, keep it alive. like this. I drove probably 10 miles an hour home all the way. <laughs> oh, speed bump. No, we can't go over speed bump. His little head. I guess the biggest fear is, like, we're all going to mess them up somehow. Hopefully, it's just not bad. I mean, that's part of growing up. Everyone has stuff. You can't avoid it. And then I guess it's the fear of bringing our own baggage into it. I mean, that's the self-responsibility. And like you said, everyone's doing the best we can. Try to have self-awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, keep learning and doing that. I, I have a lot of uh, fears and hesitancy with having kids. We'll figure it out. But like what? I think my freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being a woman, like the idea of being pregnant and carrying a kid is not appealing to me. Mm-hmm. It's not like I think I would feel about the way it maybe a man might feel about it more where I like physically I won't be able to work as much and and all that breastfeeding and all that. Um that's probably the main one, actually, is the freedom. Because we can take off and travel right now. It's kind of like selfish mode. and But we're loving it. We're going to Antarctica in December. Amazing. Yeah. And I'm really excited. And my mom did say, she's like, enjoy enjoy your life now. Because when you do have kids, for the first you know 10 years or so, that you're, it, the focus is on them. Those are just some of the thoughts. So I'll challenge you on one of those. Okay. Both your fears are completely accurate. I obviously can't speak into, I'm not a woman. I didn't go through pregnancy. I know my <laughs> wife went through so those are all very valid things but as far as freedom yes we do lose a little bit of freedom but remy's gonna have gone to 10 countries under two you can still travel it's harder it's not easy the freedom changes but if you change your lens as to what it looks like you'll be fine there are a few like z and i would go to a movie once a week we barely make it to a movie now right you know, just getting the babysitters, like, is it really worth spending 250 bucks to go to a movie? Like, yeah. something like that gets into it, but you figure it out. Do you ever miss certain things that you used to be able to do more easily? It's the, we, we always bring up the, the same. It's usually the movie thing. What's the last movie you saw together in theater? What did we go see? We saw Top Gun. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, that was perfect. I, it was so well done. I felt so good leaving the theater after seeing that. And then The Rock's new Black Adam's coming, so we'll definitely go see that. Yeah, the movies is... um, I I didn't realize how much I missed until after the pandemic when they started opening. I'm like, I miss this. Mm -hmm. It's those little things. But I guess it's... Well, it's that same thing. Like people, they're like, you don't know the joy until you have the kid. Like you're so happy to do those things for the kid. And I'm sure if we had one, I would be obsessed with it. But I... Just seeing it from the outside lens, from my sister, my friends, I see how tired they are as well. That tiredness is real. I I love my sleep. <laughs> I love my sleep. And I know you adjust. You just do it. That's what they say, right? You just well, you can it. go to bed. Well, they go to bed. And you can get your 12 hours if that's what you want. That's like, true. I get my seven to eight. There's certain to, And I, I mean, he's only a year and a half. I know once he gets into sports... That's a whole other thing. Then your weekends are really packed. Like I yeah. know more and more things happen. Yeah. 
But the amount of friends I have, even my brother, how he raises his kid, everyone does it completely different. So if you want to have all that fear pent up of like, my life is over and my kid is everything and now I have zero identity, you can totally be that person. But you don't have to be that person. Like I'm a big believer, our children, in my case, our child is an accessory to our life. Like we chose to have him. We add him to our life. We don't now alter our life and put our life on hold for him. Like I have an event, he's there with me. The rare occasion we don't bring him, everyone's like, where's Remy? Because he's like the life of the party. I'm like, oh, we didn't bring him out. And why not? I'm like, oh, I guess we should. I, I imagine if we ever did that, oh, that's what I like seeing from other people. I'm like, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. It's very organic and it feels more natural in how life should be. It seems nowadays it, it could go the other way where it's very, very rigid but there's no wrong way. There that's their no. way. That's their way. Our way is our way. You know, Absolutely. we travel like maniacs, but like people freak out when we tell them how we travel. Yeah, I saw. Did you guys go to Vietnam? Yeah, I think we I saw because I saw the train track yeah. photo. We just went there last month. My dad's from Loved Vietnam. It. Did you guys go north to? Did you take the mm-hmm. train all the way down? No, we did. I drive. I didn't drive in Vietnam. Did I? We didn't do the train. I don't know how we kept making it. For, I forgot. Okay. There's a flight. It's like a one or two hour we flight We might have taken one hopper. Okay. But yeah, we went uh, what Saigon to Ho Chi Minh, everything in between. Hoi An, mm-hmm. loved Hoi An. Did you see the Bana Hills, the hands? The hands bridge? No, that one we didn't go to. Epic. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a newer part. I and think, Da Nang. Right? Yes, Da Nang. Yeah, I do. I love the North. How Long Bay? Mm-hmm. Did you the cruise? The yeah. food. Everything. It was awesome. It was great. Where's Remy been? You said 10 countries? By the time he's two, he'll be in 10. So oh in two weeks, we go to Costa Rica. He just did Switzerland, Italy, Germany, Denmark, and London, the UK. And when you travel, is it just the two of you and him? Do you mm-hmm. have help? No. We don't have, we don't have a nanny. Oh, good, good for One you. One day, maybe. So in terms of the responsibility of a kid, I'm asking a lot of questions about this, like, how easy or how difficult was that to figure out, like, the the rhythm of, like, who will be responsible for who or, like, being open? Like, can you take him? So that we're figuring it out, you know, because right now I'm the main income earner. Like, that's it. So, like, Z figures out, like, what does this look like? Like, your time is more important for that, but then my time is also important. So, like, we're trying to figure this out. Like, no one's saying one time is more important than the other. I'm like, yeah. So so that's just whatever's happening is happening. I think the other thing is early on, we're both punctual people. As you know, I was 10 minutes early. I love that. Like that's what we are. But at first we're like, oh, no, we're like 20 minutes late to everything. So at yeah. the beginning it was an adjustment period of like, no, we can't be going late everywhere. So it was driving us bananas. But we figured it out. Now we're fine. Um, the roles bounce back and forth. You know, there's – some natural more dad and more mom but like because i leave during the day you know i do i go work out change them breakfast in the morning she's there all day and then i come home dinner nighttime put them in bed and then although when i'm doing that then she's making me food so she's like i don't get a break and it's like but after that then he's down and we get our break and we hang out on the couch do you do anything intentional like date night every week? Anything like that? No, we're terrible at that. We need to do more of that because we just we just take him with us. Yeah. So we did do a staycation at the W last weekend okay. or the weekend before that for our four-year wedding anniversary. When he's not with the two of you, do you ever feel like 
it feels a little weird. Like, oh, we don't have anything to, like, we don't have to think about, like, what he needs. <laughs> I can't answer for Z because probably even more because she's really almost 24-7. But for me, like, because I could break away for a little bit. Sometimes I'm like, oh, he's not here. But, yeah, when it's weekend and we're having fun or, like, we're at the pool, he wants to be in the pool. I mean, he was only gone for 24 hours. It was our first, that was her first time away from him for one night. In terms of communication, would you say communication's always been pretty easy between the two of you? I mean, we easy. I mean, we communicate, and we communicate differently, and we're just making sure we, we're constantly trying to understand what we're doing. So I think it's a constant work. Mm-hmm. Do you guys do anything? Like, have you done counseling before or anything like that? Yeah, we've done couples therapy. We did a few rounds of that. Um, was that helpful? Of course. I mean, we all have our blind spots. And if your partner's constantly telling your blind spot, it's not like a neutral party. Yes. And the whole point, well, the reason we did it is just like, let's do these things before there's problems. Absolutely. Like by the time there's a problem or it's like really, really, really bad. Far. Yeah. Like trying to go back together will, will be tough. And so it's just, it's just, it's worth it. Absolutely. We started counseling two weeks ago worth every penny we're loving it and you're right that neutral party there's like a relief there i'm just like mm-hmm. they simplify and she keeps it light <laughs> so far it's been good and i do think that was another one of my fears is i don't want like i didn't want one of us to check out or it to go too far where it's like really hard to bring it back like right now like everything's okay but there's there's stuff you know, so I mean, there's stuff up. in everything, even with your friends and family and yeah. what there's always stuff. Um, and just realizing like there's stuff, let's try to figure it out. And I mean, if you're in it to win it, once you're committed, like I'm not getting married to try to get divorced. Right. <laughs> with communication, are you pretty unfiltered? Like you're confident talking to her about anything, how you feel? Yeah, but. I'm more on the quiet side, I think, than she's, she's more on the vocal side. When there's a disagreement, what do you tend to do? Shut down, freeze? Yeah, I'm not a big a conflict person. Okay. Is that something you'd like to learn to well, face part, on better? Part of it's two things. One, I'm really trying to listen and not respond because we tend to just respond. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening. And then... It's just like, I'm just taking this in. like, And I take a lot longer to process. Okay. So like, women are just faster at processing, especially in conversation and everything. Like, I want to make sure I'm understanding this. I'm telling myself, like, don't be defensive. Like, don't have a tone. Don't have a... Because sometimes I'm just talking. Like, oh, there's a tone. Or you're being... I'm like, I'm not being defensive. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out where I think I'm not being defensive, but it's still coming off defensive. And maybe it's defending not being defensive. I have no idea. So, again, you never know. It's just trying to figure it out as long as everyone meets in the middle. Absolutely. Yeah, one thing I've learned is uh, there's a relationship coach. Her name's Allison Armstrong. She talks about how men and women are brains. Or, you know, they process things differently and how women need to learn how to wait. Like, have patience and wait. She's like, just shut the fuck up. And just wait. And a lot of, I've, it's it works. I'm like, don't say anything. And then my husband is processing. And then he'll say it like after 30 seconds. I'm like, okay. You said you had uh, friends who are in their 40s, 30s, 50s who are single. Do they ever come to you for relationship advice? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they ask. And 
Well, sometimes like if, it, if it's a opposite sex, they're like, well, you know, like they're just going through conversations or things or like, what am I missing? What am I not missing? Again, that's why I go back to the common denominator from as we get older is we have that finite amount of time now, especially women. Women have way more urgency and put more stress on biological clock and all these things. And you need to make decisions quicker. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But men don't operate so quickly. And then we don't have that same timeline. So, you know, if they're in their 40s, they're like, yeah, I'm only attracting like conversations with 55 year olds and 57. I'm like, yeah, but they're at that level now to so it's like, but you got to figure out what you want. I just say, like, be open. Like, if you really want a kid and this and that and that now, there's nothing wrong with, like, in one year having that all, just yeah. being open to it. But I think the older we get, the more picky we are because we have less time. And honestly, we've been through so much bullshit. You know what? Like, no, I don't like that flavor. It's not 31 flavors anymore. Like, give me two flavors. <laughs> Yeah, the openness, that's number one. I can tell when someone, if someone's open or not. You know, they'll say, well, because that was me at one point. I had a coach, and I'd always go in and talk about, you know, my dating, my struggles with dating. And then one time he's like, okay, so if your guy showed up when you walk out that door, like, would you embrace it and be ready for it? I'm like, totally. And all he did was smile, and he's like, okay. And I knew what he meant. He's like, no, you're not. <laughs> But to be truly open and not picky about like the stupid shit, the color of his shoelaces or what I'm like, does this really matter in the end? Mm -hmm. Like it it is fair to have your preferences, but look at like the core things that are your values that you aren't willing to budge on. That's fair. Like integrity is was my core value. Um, but the other stuff, it's just like you're not perfect either. No one is. And if you're in a long-term relationship, you will quickly learn nobody is gonna check every single wish that you have mm -hmm. right and then that's okay that's something i had to learn i didn't realize how distorted my expectations were from growing up but you also don't even know all the things that you want or think are on your list oh and how many I, that, of them are really not on your list absolutely and you learn after you you find the person too of like oh i didn't know i like that mm -hmm. right. so we're always growing and i'm learning the work never stops so for high performers out there because specifically a, a lot of high performers listen to this channel if you were to give them one piece of advice for those who are looking to create the relationship of their dreams what would that be from my experience having friends on high performance levels and working on these teams balancing your masculine and feminine energy did you have to learn to do that i get to embrace my femininity a lot more you're right as, as an artist yeah but, like, I know I have a lot of women, they're like, they're boss ladies. But, yeah. like, you could be very emasculating. And there's a lot of men that aren't very masculine. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean good, bad, or indifferent. It's just look at what you're, how people are showing up. And if you're emasculating them, they're not going to show up the way you want. They're not going to sweep you off your feet and pick you up and pin you against the wall. They're not going to do these things that you're craving because you're showing up as that overpowering thing. You know, one of the things I learned when, when doing some of the work, one of the coaches was like, hey, he was talking to the ladies. I'm like, that's exactly what it is. Women are like, hey, can you, can you change the light bulb? Change the light bulb. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Change the light bulb. Change the light bulb. Change the light bulb. Change. Say it a million times and we haven't done it yet. 
And it's not that we don't hear you. It's like we're coming in and we're tired. Like we've been out working all day. It's, and then where it could go wrong is like the woman gets pissed off and she's like, F it. I'm just going to change it. And then they do it and it's done. Uh, and it was like, oh, on Saturday, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do Oh, you already did it. And what he said is like, it's just, in my mind, it's genius. You're like, hey, babe, I just bought the light bulb. Can you please change that for me when you get a moment? You already gave all the tools. Because in our head, we're like, damn, we got to go to Home Depot. We got to go buy a light bulb. Oh, we got to go wait in that line. When am I going to go do this? When I go home and spend time with my wife. Like, we're thinking all these things. It's not important to go get the light bulb. So we end up not changing the light bulb. So there is a way to, like, balance that teamwork. If you want something done, like, okay, here's the drill. Go, you know, like, you put the things out. But don't do the things. Because we also want to feel useful and validated. Yes. So then we are useful in that relationship. But you empowered us to do it by, here's the light bulb. Oh, that's actually really helpful, even for me. Because I... What I've been doing is more, I thought I just had to be more specific. Like, can you change the light bulb like today or something like that? But the, that totally makes sense that if I just hand him the light bulb, that's good teamwork mm -hmm. as well. That's awesome. That's an awesome piece of advice. And you're completely right, especially for the, the modern boss woman, balancing that learning to receive, you know, but also keeping the parts of you that, because there are parts of me my masculine part that I actually, I really love, mm -hmm. but it's learning to, you know, show up in my marriage in a way where it's more balanced. But it's also, where's our most powerful state? It's what our true being is. And, mm -hmm. and it's not easy. Also, some of the women I know that do this, they're not, it's not that they want to do this. They've just realized something happened over time that they just became this. And they're like, I'm just going to handle it. No one's going to take care of me. You know, I don't deserve this. Whatever. Who knows what the combos are? They all are different conversations. I'm just going to be abandoned, left behind, or whatever. Like We all have different issues and conversations, right? Like Men want to feel worthy and like they belong, and they're useful. Mm -hmm. And you start doing things that make us feel like, well, we're not needed. Imagine how we're going to feel. I have one more question I forgot to ask. When you were dating, did it matter what a woman did for work? Did you care? No, I didn't even think about it. Okay, see, I think that's a misconception a lot of high-performing females have. Like, for us, it's um, for ourselves and um, among our peers. I'm like, that's for you and your peers. Men, that's not what they're looking at. At least it's not the first thing they're looking at. A lot of high-performers are achievement-based, right? So they were probably celebrated when they were doing well. So a lot of women, I think they tend to lead with that sometimes, where I say, like, it's no, it's your heart. It's you, it's your heart beauty inside out and that's just one sliver of you yeah it's great you're purpose-driven you love what you do but all the men so far have said they don't care <laughs> they don't think about it no I, I want you to have something that you find value with that you're happy with that you're contributing with like whatever yeah. that is yes you know that's on you got it but you know, I don't, that wasn't the question I asked. Well, what do you do? Okay, let's go out on a date. Like, Yeah. But what you would get asked that from women, right? Oh, yeah. What do you do? Yeah. I think because women, they subconsciously, it's like safety. That's same with the height. It's not actually true, but it's a perceived safety. Like, can he provide, you know, mm -hmm. and can he protect me? It come, It stems from that. But I don't, the way that you were being asked on <laughs> Bumble, don't do that.
<laughs> I can't even imagine what it is now. That was a few years ago. So. Right. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. If people would like to reach out to you or see more of your work, where can they do that? RubenRojas.com, at RubenRojas on Instagram, at RubenRojas on Twitter. It's basically Ruben Rojas. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed the show, please give it five stars and write a review. It helps my rankings, and I really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in my book to read or gift to a friend, it's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, and it's available on Amazon. Have a great day.